It's two stories about two very different people. At least they seem very different on the surface. But in fact, these, these two stories that we just heard from Acts 8 and from Acts 16, these different people are more alike than I think we give them credit for at first glance. Like Mark said, today is week 12 of our story. And for those of you who are here today joining us for this journey at FOF for the first time, what we're in the midst of is going through the New Testament over the course of this entire school year. And through it, each week, we're looking at 40 key New Testament passages that, that, that just breathe something just direly important, something to, to, to who we are and our story with God. Because what we believe here at FOF fundamentally is that God has a story. And he invites each and every one of us to take his story and make his story our own. And we do it because we believe in, in the Bible. It's where God speaks. Do you ever want God to talk to you? Do you ever want to know him? Know what he's like and know what he's about and understand his heart and, and what it means to, to have a life with him? Well, we believe that God speaks through the words of the Bible. And where God speaks, it's where he does his work as well, calling us and getting into us and transforming us and making fundamentally his story our own. So yeah, today is week 12 of our story. And it's Acts 8 and it's Acts 16, and it's two very different kinds of people. Acts 8, it's about this, this Ethiopian eunuch, Right? It's about this, this Ethiopian eunuch who is a high government official outside of the land of Israel. He's Ethiopian, right? Um, outside of the land of Israel. He's not a Jew. He's a Gentile. He's from the nations. He is not part of the covenant people of God. And yet he's going to Jerusalem to worship. He knows something about this God. He's come to discover something about this God. Maybe he's intrigued. Maybe intrigue turned into conviction, but he's going to Jerusalem to worship, even though by heritage, he's not one that belongs. And then there's a story of this jailer. It's this jailer in Acts 16. We don't know much about this guy. We don't know much, but we can kind of start connecting some dots based on his profession. Now, I don't want to find myself in a 21st century prison any more than you. But jail today has got nothing compared to jail back then. Some first century backwater regional prison where rights like we understand them today don't exist, where they're meant to be punished, and to be a guy who has to work in that kind of environment every single day. The suffering you'd see the misery, not just the brokenness of people's bodies, but the brokenness of families, the hopelessness, the despair that goes along with it. Sign me up right away, right? And it's a story of two very different people. And yet something very similar happens in the lives of both. And I like to talk about some of the connections between these stories and these two different people. What we see in both stories is that each of them is, at some level, 
missing something. Now, the eunuch is very obviously missing something, all right? But the jailer is too. And in the midst of this, God orchestrates something. And it often involves the hand of God coming in and inserting it in some way, right? You look at the Acts 8 kind of story, and you see that God comes, this angel of the Lord comes to this, this guy named Philip. This isn't one of Jesus' original 12 disciples. It's one of uh, the followers who came later. And he comes, and he starts giving them these, these very hyper-specific instructions. Go down this road. Go that way. Meet me at this corner. It's kind of like he's getting like Google Maps right there laid out from God. Let me ask you, have you ever wish that God would speak to you that clearly? Do you ever have these moments where it's like, God, what do you want me to do? And you read that story of Philip and you're like, oh my gosh, if he would only. You know what I mean? You been there? You know what I find happens a lot of times when God speaks that specifically though? We really wish he hadn't. (laughs) You, you, You know, because oftentimes what God calls us to do is to take these steps out of our comfort zones, these things called leaps of faith. He calls us to take these steps forward that seem to go against common sense, that seem to go against the the normal grain and pattern of maybe who we are and of our life. Because behind the scenes, God has something going. He orchestrates for this man named Philip to meet this Ethiopian at the right place, at the right time, who's missing something in his life. And he comes down to Paul in prison, and through a supernatural act, he springs the doors and does a miracle there too. So in both stories, we see someone who's looking for someone, something and God coming down into the midst of it. And in both stories, you see something else as well. Someone comes and shares, as the story puts it, good news. The good news of Jesus, it'll say. I don't know about you, I like getting good news. But sometimes there's good news that goes above and beyond, right? And so what he does is God comes down and he works through these two people. And they bring the good news of Jesus to each of these men who are missing something in their lives but don't really know what it is that they're seeking. I want to talk to you about that today. See, in just a few moments, wrap your head around this, guys. 18 people are coming up here in front of you today. Some are going to be baptized Some are going to be making a profession of faith going, this Jesus, I've come to believe him, I've come to want his good news, and I want to give my life to him. Some in the midst of even doing that are are going to even say, and and this body here called Fellowship of Faith, I want to walk with them here today, and I want them to know it. I want to pledge myself to them, to walk with them as they walk with me. Because each of these 18 people, in one way or another, has come face to face with that good news. Let me share it with you briefly this morning. The good news of Jesus that's been proclaimed for 2,000 years that was spoken to that Ethiopian in the chariot that day and the good news of Jesus that was spoken to that jailer in a time of despair that day is simply this. 
each and every one of us is missing something in our lives. There's not a single exception here. We can fake it, we can faint it, we can mask it, we can hide it, we can try to distract ourselves from it, right? And we do a pretty good job of this a lot of the time. But each and every one of us, just like that Ethiopian and just like that jailer, are missing something. And not all the power and riches that the Ethiopian had can fill it. Nor all the things that the jailer had in his life could fill it. There's no one who can fill it except God. Each of us is wired to have God in our life. There's a hole, a spot, an emptiness that only he can connect with, that only he can fill, and that only he can come down to bring purpose out of and make sense out of. And the good news of Jesus is this, that the thing that each of us is missing, we don't have to get it on our own. We don't have to create it. We don't have to fabricate it. We don't have to make it work. We don't have to find it. We don't have to fill that hole ourselves. Because all of us is suffering from something more than just missing something in life. All of us is broken, right? All of us are broken. Isn't it true? You, you look at yourself. At some level, there's just, not, there's just something that doesn't work Right? It's not the way it's supposed to be. Or there's got to be more than this. Or Lord, how could I? Do you know the questions that I'm bringing up here today? The Bible calls this sin. And fundamentally, it's responsible for not only separating us from a good God, but from each other and from the goodness that God meant in this world. And the good news of Jesus that came to that eunuch, that came to that jailer, is that God loves you. That God loves you so much that he decided to come and make it right on your behalf. He came down and he took on human flesh and he lived the life that we can never live and he went to a cross to be killed, to be tortured, to die for you and for me. He did it to pay the price for our sin. He did it to bridge the gap between us and God. He did it to come and restore the parts of us that just aren't the way it's supposed to be. And you can look at that story in Acts 8, and you can look at that story in Acts 16. And you can see something that as different as these two guys were, in one way they were very similar. They realized it. They realized it. And when they heard the good news, there was no delay. They put their faith in Christ. They said, God, I want you. God, I want to make it right. They turned to him and said, let it start right here, right now, today. That Ethiopian, he's going by his chariot and he goes, look, there's water. Baptize me now because I do not want to wait. Let me have it here today. The jailer, he's about to kill himself and he cries out, what do I have to do to be saved? 
And Paul says, believe the good news, and he ministers to him right there on the spot. And it says that very hour, he and his household were baptized there that day. There's something interesting about God's timing, isn't there? There's conventional wisdom. Would you agree? Always sleep on any big decision. However, have you found that life in reality never really tends to work out that way? That oftentimes life demands a clear and decisive decision right here, right now, on the spot, today. Because life doesn't always wait. I mean, think about that, that, that girl that you once liked and you didn't ask her out and it's gone. The window is closed. That opportunity has left forever. Because sometimes the moment is right and there's a decision to make. Some of you here, think about that job you landed into where it just like you were in the right place at the right time and it was like things were being orchestrated out of your control and you find yourself in the midst of this choice that you had to make in the time called today. Now for some of us that didn't happen that way, but for some of us, you know exactly what I mean. Think about those moments maybe you had in the hospital where there was no more time to wait. And a decision had to be made. I have found throughout my life that God has a certain scheme of timing. That God is a God who doesn't really give a rip if we want to be in control and who doesn't really seem to care if all the timing of the universe happens on our, on our timetable, right? And he will come into this thing that we do called life. And there will be a window. And in that window, he will be calling us in that moment that we call today. Calling us to obedience, calling us to action, calling us to trust, calling us to faith, calling us to give our lives to him. Guys, that's why we're here today. It's because God opened a window in the lives of 18 people. Circumstances and events came to pass. And they came to a place of saying, no more waiting. No more delay. I want it, and I want it here today. 18 people who came face to face with the good news that there is a God who loves them, who came down in their brokenness and sin to forgive them, to restore them, to save them. And those 18 people are going to make a testimony to that here today. So guys, as they start coming up in waves, I want you to give it up for them, all right? I want you to cheer them. I want you to celebrate them because you know what heaven is. 
So let's just kind of like simulcast the story and, and, and the party already in progress. Let's celebrate with heaven today and, and, and just like get behind these people. Come up on this day called today. Would you pray with me? God, let your hand be upon them. Let your presence be near. Lord, come down to these 18 people who are about to make this this step, this, this, this proclamation. We're about to come to the water. Speak to them. Surround them. Forgive them. Restore them. Let your salvation be poured upon them. May your story become their story today. And God, your heart is for more than the 18. It's for each and every one of us here. When you call, may we respond, not delay. Here we are, oh God, this day we call today. Amen.